Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On all things franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. My name is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today. Thanks so much for carving a little bit of time out of your busy day to spend with me. I'm always honored when someone does that because, you know, as I always say, time's that one commodity that you just can't get back. I recently read an article and it went something like this. The STEAM education, that's S-T-E-A-M, STEAM education involves collaborative mix of science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Looking at the future job market and considering the types of roles our future workforce will need to fill, STEAM education is of extreme value. A recent Georgetown University study on job growth and education requirements in the workforce found that nearly 55 million jobs could go unfilled due to skill gaps. Now, that's kind of a a scary thing when you're thinking that at some point, we will not have a workforce because we won't have a pool of, of knowledgeable workers to be able to fill those positions. Well, today... Sharon Estroff with Challenge Island is going to be our guest today. She is the founder and creator of Challenge Island Program. She's an award-winning elementary school teacher with two decades of experience working with public and private schools. Challenge Island is the world's number one STEAM STEM franchise with three years straight on Entrepreneur Magazine's 500 and fastest growing list. Help me in welcoming Sharon. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Do you think that's kind of a staggering thought, Sharon, is that we're not preparing our kids to take over and be the, our future leaders? That kind of took me aback when I read that. Oh, it's definitely um, an issue that has sort of been evolving. It's kind of a combination of of many factors going on. Um, A lot of it also has to do with the fact that the kids are just digital natives and they're always on their computers and and they're, they're not like using their imaginations in the ways that kids have always done up until now. You know, it's kind of like childhood today and childhood from um, basically cave kids all the way mm-hmm. up to today um, mm-hmm. are, are two completely different experiences. You know, that they're not having those, those um, interactive experiences. They're, they're online all the time. They're snapping with their friends rather than face-to-face communication. They're not, um, you know, we, when I was a kid, if we had a, a refrigerator box, 
it was like the best thing, you know, yeah. it could be a million different things. Mm-hmm. And and they don't have that because everything is right at their fingertips. So it's sort of this combination of, of kind of what they're calling this digital native um, generation. And, and also just so much um, uh, teaching the test and things like that going on in the schools yeah. that, that the kids just don't have room um, to gain, gain those skills, which, which you sure. know, are, involve the theme experiences. Um, but really, like the ultimate original theme guy um, was Leonardo da Vinci. Like he's like a mm. rock star for Challenge Island. Mm. You know, mm. here he was, he was this, uh, but, but people may not know that he was also an inventor and, and he designed helicopters and flying machines and scuba diving equipment and, and, and sketched all of these things, these ideas out hundreds of years before they ever actually were invented. Mm. Um, oh, that's and, amazing. And so he was sort of taking, you know, and, and one of his famous quotes that I love is, is he said, to develop the complete mind, study the science of art, study the art of science, realize that everything connects to everything else. And, and that's mm. really the idea of theme and the collaboration. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, it brings out all of those sort of lost skills um, in kids. Right. In fact, there was another really interesting study that was done by Google a few years back where Google um, decided, you know, the kids, they had always sort of just tried to find, um, you know, their their new employees at, let's say, MIT and different sort of really, really technology-focused schools. And so, you know, there's been this big push uh, for STEM for probably about a decade now. But what they were finding was that those kids, those uh, college graduates, I guess you wouldn't really call them kids, mm-hmm. but the college graduates right. were not necessarily like going the distance. They weren't the ones that were rising to the top and were getting to the sort of the C-level positions and, you know, and, and they're, they were trying to figure out what's going on here. Where, where is this lack of, um, connection you know why are these kids who were the top of their class in, in the best technology universities in the country why how is it that they're not you know just like killing it um at google and on track to become the ceo well what they did was then they took brought in a company to sort of study their top performing employees and who were the ones that were rising to the top and then they took the qualities, eight qualities of those top employees. And what they did was they ranked them from number one, so the most important quality, to eight, which was the least important quality of the most important qualities. So the eighth and most important quality was STEM. So yes, that was important and, and it did contribute to their success. But numbers one through seven were all of um you know, the collaborative, that what they call soft skills, their ability to communicate their ideas, their ability to listen to somebody else's ideas, their ability to um, be flexible, you know, in their thinking, to, to be leaders and innovative and, and creative thinkers and all of that stuff is, is what STEM alone is not enough. And in Challenge Island, that's what we're all about is we call ourselves STEAM education for the 21st century. So STEM alone is not enough. STEAM alone is not enough, um, to be honest. Like, you need to have it. Ink, it has to be hand in hand with the ability to um, 
interact with other people, to be part of a team, to be a creative thinker, to be a problem solver. And, and all of that is where this crisis is coming in because we're not necessarily in school preparing kids for what they need when they get out of school. So Challenge Island um, is very much trying to fill that, that void for the kids. And um, I think, you know, that we've done so very successfully. You know, we've touched about the lives of about a million um, kids to date and um, many more, you know, will, will certainly come through. Hello? Hello? Sharon, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay. I don't know what okay. I so sorry. We, um, we, I had a bit of a glitch on this end, but um, I love the stories that you're telling there. Let's go back a little bit to the um, uh, what I find so many times, Sharon, is that when someone creates uh, something like Challenge Island, they have their own personal story. So why did, yeah. where, where did it come from? Yeah, yeah. So um, Challenge Island was something that I created for my second grade students. So I, I was a teacher. Um, Challenge Island is the same age as my youngest child. So it for me, it filled a, a need. Um, I was ready to leave teaching. It was time for me to... Um, to move on, you know, having four kids. And I took this idea of Challenge Island that I had used with my second graders, loosely based on a certain reality TV show. And, and I would divide my class up into tribes and, and everything we would do, we would make it a challenge, you know, because they, uh -huh. they loved that. It gets them excited. And they would work together. And I had them, like, seated in their tribes and um, – it was, you know, the kids loved it. And, and then we would, whatever we were studying, we would go and visit. Um, so let's say we were studying uh, the life sciences and animal hab habitats. We would go to a rainforest island and everything, and they would mm. have all kinds of challenges. So it's sort of the concept was born in my classroom. And I knew how much they loved it. In fact, I still run into kids that were in my second grade class, you know, years back and they say, oh, we love Challenge Island. We just loved it. You know, but it's something that made, a, made an impact on them. So mm -hmm. I took it um, and, and decided to make that my full-time business. Um, and, and instead of incorporating it into my actual teaching classroom during the day, I was bringing it as an enrichment program. So I think one really important thing, you know, about, about a business is that it was um, – it, it, it first proved itself that it could thrive, you know, as a business. It wasn't like just one day I said, oh, what am I going to franchise? I want to franchise something in education. I'm just going to make it up and then try to get people to buy my franchise. Like, I think it's, you first need to have that business and, and, and right. understand all of the ins and outs before you're ready to franchise. So for about right. eight years, I was building Challenge Island in the Atlanta area, and I continued to run it here, and it's big, it's huge um, here, and, and, you know, we continue to use Atlanta as our training grounds and as our, our testing grounds, but then um, 
well, as stories go, um, a company that actually had another franchise, another educational franchise, um, came in and, and, and sort of purchased Challenge Island from me. That was about, I think, 2012. And, and as a teacher, it seemed like a wonderful idea. Um, and, and, you know, but, but it was hard. It, it was hard because they, they weren't necessarily, we, we weren't a, a, along the same mindset in, in what Challenge Island needed to be, what it needed, you know, to grow and who those franchisees needed to be. Um, and, and as, you know, things worked out, the stars aligned, I was able to buy back Challenge Island at the end of 2015. At that point, there were about 25 franchises. Um, and, and I was able to do everything I knew had to happen. And, and you know, every, it, was, it was almost like a Cinderella story. It was <laughs> all of my dreams came true because everything, you know, just fell into place. And so yeah. we just started getting um, growing and, 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 you know, being true to what Challenge Island was, what it was meant to be. And, and when that happened, we started just exploding. You know, we, we got mm-hmm. all kinds of attention. Like you said, we've been on the franchise 500 for three, the past three years and, mm-hmm. you know, every possible award. Um, but, but mostly we've brought in incredible franchisees who are like-minded. Um, we all, it's a very visionary program. Um, and, and the people that we bring in believe in what we're doing. You know, it, it's so Sharon, a program. Sharon, let, me ask, yeah. let me ask you this, Sharon. Um, you know, we're in, for those that are listening to the recording, um, this is September 3rd, 2020. And, you know, that's all I need to say. So how has the the COVID, the pandemic, the schools shutting down, the how has that impacted the way that you and your franchisees um, stay connected with your community and deliver your services? Yeah, that's a great question. So the icon, Challenge Island's icon is the palm tree. Um, it's right there in the middle of our logo. And, and that palm tree is meant to represent not just sort of an island spirit, but also the um, resilience of the palm tree and the ability of the palm tree to be flexible. When, when the storms come in, when the hurricane force winds come in, it's the palm tree that's still standing at the end. And, and the reason is because, and it's not because it's the biggest and, you know, most impressive um, it, it's because it is the most resilient and the strongest, and it has really strong roots. And um, that has allowed us to thrive. That ability to bend with the winds um, is what has kept Challenge Island afloat. And I would even venture to say that we are stronger. Um, we will emerge from this stronger than ever. And I'll tell you a little bit about how. So one of the things about Challenge Island that we've always known is really special is the fact that we do not use any um, digital devices. So part of our mission is to get the kids off of the digital devices. And, and, and because of that, we don't use any sort of robotics or coding or electronics or Legos, none of that. Everything is just regular household supplies, and the kids are imagining that, you know, up all the different ways that can be used. Well, when the world shut down 
and um, we needed to go virtual, which was the for our first. I, I'm going to call it um, Challenge Island 1. 1. 1.0 was sort of the original. Then we've got 2.0, which is Home Island, and and so Home Island is what emerged when everything shut down because mm. all we needed were these um, household items the kids could engineer with. Amazon boxes and Lysol wipes containers, you know, whatever mm -hmm. they had around the house, they were, they were, you know, making launchers out of the rubber gloves, anything they had, they could use. And that mm -hmm. put, set us apart from everyone else who was dependent on sort of these other items, like these specialty mm -hmm. items. So sure. we went virtual and that was mm -hmm. the first sort of shift. Um, so, and, and um, so let me ask yes. you, let me ask you this. So as you're doing that, did you have to retrain your franchisees into delivering things a little bit different than you did when it was all face to face? Yeah. So um, one of the most amazing things about the Challenge Island franchisees is that they are palm trees. In order for them to be part of our community, we, we make sure that they're a match because why bring mm -hmm. somebody into your, you know, franchise system that is not a match? And Challenge Island is right. very, very clear um, and niche, I would venture to say, on who mm -hmm. our match is. So um, those owners were already flexible and they're used to that. So at first, yeah, there was definitely some retraining, but that, what we had to our advantage was the fact that we were able to keep our curriculum very true to what it is, as opposed to just having to make things up that, you know, if, if I'm, if we were a Lego program, for example, the kids don't have the Legos they need. So you have to just start right. making things up and that, but this right. was 18 years worth of curriculum that we knew worked and we just mm -hmm. needed to figure out how to get it online. And we mm -hmm. did. And, and the very first thing that we did was we modeled it for the, our franchisees. We were in mm -hmm. the middle of, um, of spring classes. And so what we did was we said, look, guys, send your students to us, uh, me and then Lorna, who's my, our chief learning officer. We're going to do the rest of the semester virtually. Whatever they were doing is going to come to us, and you guys are going to be on the call and you're going to watch how we do it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what mm -hmm. happened. So like for the first maybe six weeks, we did everything. We showed mm -hmm. them and they learned and they watched and they gave us suggestions. And then little by little, you know, someone would say, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. Those kids are going to come to me next week. And it mm -hmm. started sort of breaking off like that. And, um, and it worked out. And, and then new owners, because we have continued to grow throughout the pandemic, um, it's, mm -hmm. it's, we've gotten some incredible new owners. And as they came in, we're able to send their kids to some of these other owners. So, mm -hmm. so even within their, because of the virtual, which is something that never happens in franchising, but because of the virtual, a student from San Francisco can be on, um, you know, in a camp with an owner from Detroit. But yet, the the owner from San Francisco was the one that brought them in, and and we've just been really creative. So so that so, was so our. So let's talk a little yeah. bit, uh, Sharon, about the franchisee. So you had sure. a, a, an education background, 
Is that something that you think is necessary to be a successful franchisee of Challenge Island? Um, no, I, I, I don't think so. Basically, we have really thought this through very, very much. And, and there's a certain personality style. About 50% of our franchisees are former educators. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other 50% are coming from other corporate uh, businesses, marketing. A lot of them are from, um, we have former lawyers, we have former Wall Street bankers, all different, um, you know, all different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. but yet they all believe in the same thing. And so it's more training for what is the training that if they don't have that background, tell me a little bit about the training that you offer to get them up to speed and be those dynamic challenge island franchise owners. Exactly. And, and this is what I will say. There's being a franchise owner of an educational franchise requires a lot more skills than, than just being a teacher. And mm-hmm. similarly, the people that are coming in from the business background, they already have the skills that the teachers need to acquire. So we always say to them first, everybody coming into Challenge Island is is it has some skills and lacks some skills and what mm-hmm. we are here to do is to help you fill in the blanks so if you're mm-hmm. coming from that teaching background you're going to need less of that but you're going to need more of the business if you're coming from the business background you're going to need less of that and you're going to need more of the um, educational background so right. our training is ongoing so at, well since the pandemic we have brought in um eight or nine new owners in the past three months and the training has been virtual it's been it's been kind of it's different obviously we would always get Atlanta but now they're coming in and and then they're sort of jumping on the bandwagon and um, it's really been it's actually really worked out well as far as the virtual training goes and and we're able Mm -hmm. to um, of course in our corporate we call it the tribe it's all about the idea of the tribe is that you have different people who have different skill sets. If everybody's good at the same thing, you can't get anywhere. You need someone to balance you out. And so that's what our corporate tribe is about. You know, we, we mm-hmm. have our, our business parts and, and they're going to train um, the franchisees in, in those elements of ownership. And, and then we have our educational parts and, and the marketing parts. So everyone sort of has a place. Um, The other thing that's really amazing about Challenge Island, and maybe it's because we're an educational franchise, but everybody embraces all of the veteran owners and and the older owners. They all embrace the new owners and the new trainees, and they feel that it's their place also to help these people learn because they know what it was like when they were first coming in. And they also believe in the brand and, and that they know that these new people are going to be brand ambassadors and they want mm-hmm. them. Um, so it's very much a, a group family feel as far as company culture goes. Mm-hmm. That's what we're all about. We're all that's about great. sort of the family. Yeah. yeah. And the Challenge sure, Island franchise take- owners are a family. 
Yeah. We need to take a real quick commercial break. When we come back, I mean, I know you've got stories that could probably go on for days, but do you have a couple of stories <laughs> that you could share with us, maybe about, uh, you know, a successful franchisee or even one of um, one yeah. of your students? Is there something you could share with us? Sure, absolutely. Great. Folks, we're going to be right back with more from Challenge Island after these commercial breaks. Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day needs we take for granted become impossible. Jest Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey, folks. Welcome back to All Things Franchising. We're here with Sharon. Now, Sharon, did I pronounce your name correctly? Estroff? Yes, Estroff, yes. Okay, very good. So I asked at the commercial break if you had maybe some stories you could share with us. Yes, and actually during the commercial break, one of the ultimate stories, um, I I just received my, um, we we actually have a Challenge Island book series coming out, speaking of stories, and um, we just were doing the final editorial uh, tweaks on it, so I, I received an email from the editor there, but um, yeah, so I think that that's something really exciting to talk about is, is sort of how the story of Challenge Island is now going to be its own stories. Um, before I started Challenge Island, back in my teaching days, I, I was an author, and, and I still write for various magazines, um, Good Housekeeping, Scholastic Parent and Child, Parents Magazines, things like that, on, on Parenting Matters. And I published a book um, a few years back called Can I Have a Cell Phone for Hanukkah? But anyway, um, I have a literary agent. Long story short, she, with the idea, she said, you know, I think that Challenge Island needs to be a book series. And um, she was able to partner me with one of her really great authors. And together we have co-written the book series. And what it does is it takes the Challenge Island experience. So every Challenge Island um, 
adventure takes place on a different island, and there's a story behind everything the kids do. So, so it just makes it more meaningful and fun and playful. Um, mm. And and we have sold it to to a, a publisher, a major publisher, and the book series will be coming out in 2021. Um, and we just we, we were able to even work the franchisees into the contract, which was, you know, unheard of. But, but yeah, we, we had it worked into the contract that the franchisees could be involved as well in, in the selling of the book. How exciting and, and make, is make that? money off of it. That's, yeah. yeah, that's very exciting. So that, that's been really exciting. Um, and, and I think was, was sort of the natural next step for Challenge Island. Like we're a part of these kids' lives now. Let's, let's, bring it into the pages of the book. Um, Mm -hmm. And and we'll see. I'm excited for that. Um, I think that Challenge Island is a story of adventure and learning. Um, I'm also lucky enough to have been doing this for long enough to really be able to see the long-term impact um, on kids. So I'll give you an example. there is, let's see, when I first started doing Challenge Island, I had a girl named Mallory in my classes. And she would, she would come to me. This was way back in the beginning before we were franchising. And she would come um, to my classes every week from the time she was in first grade to the time she was in fifth grade. Um, and, and, I, and I, you know, am friendly with her mother on Facebook. And so she's always accomplishing. Mallory's always accomplishing all kinds of exciting things. And one of them was that she got into Harvard. And, and I, of course, I said, wow, that's amazing. I'm so proud. And what her mom said back is, you know, Mallory still credits Challenge Island with giving her what she needed, more so than anything she learned in high school or even elementary school. And, um, and I said, you know what? That would be really amazing. Could you just ask Mallory to write it down for me and then message me when you get it? And, and a couple of days later, I got back the quote from Mallory, and it was just like one of those incredible moments. So I'll just read that. Um, this is what Mallory said. Mallory said, in Challenge Island, we learned how to creatively approach problems rather than using the rote methods that are often emphasized in elementary school. When I started college, I found myself using the skills I learned at Challenge Island far more than anything I learned in high school. Today, in my quantitative work on disease, I still constantly use the problem-solving strategies I learned through Challenge Island. And I just think, you know what, to hear a kid grow up and say that, what more could you ask for? She's getting her PhD right now. It makes, it does. And honestly, it's the kids um, that Mm -hmm. make it worth it every single day for all of us um, and and keep us going. especially through difficult times, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and it's, it's really been an exciting um, journey. And we've been so privileged to be able to take it alongside all of these franchisees who take this product, you know, this curriculum and, and product that I created and, and just make me so proud and, and all of us so proud every day. It's, it's really been like a dream come true I'm sure it has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it really has. It's, it's been amazing. So Sharon, if someone's listening now and they are really pumped about your vision because you painted such a, 
a beautiful, vivid picture of Challenge Island and the story and everything, just drawing us into it. If someone's listening and they want to be a part of that, how would they contact you or how would they find out more information? Yeah, so they can go to our website, which is um, challenge-island.com, www.challenge-island.com. And um, and they can see, I mean, the website captures all of the fun of Challenge Island, and there's some great videos on there. And, and then you can just click contact us or email us at franchising at challenge-island.com or info at challenge-island.com mm-hmm. um, and you will, you know, we will happily take, we, we do virtual discovery days. So you can hop on to one of those and, and listen and learn about more about the challenge Island um, franchise ownership experience. And then if you, if you still think it's a great fit and, and we agree that it's a great fit, then, then we can actually get you going relatively quickly um, because we do not have a storefront. There's nothing to build out. Mm-hmm. You're, you're mm-hmm. basically open, you know, as soon as yeah. you finish training. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it can, you know, I think especially at this time and we're pivoting really excitingly. I, I, in addition to home Island, we, we have two other new things that we've rolled out um, called our social bubble steam programming and our imagination labs, which, which I, we can tell you a lot more about, you know, um, when you learn more about challenge Island, but I, I would say that what, what the people are saying who are purchasing challenge Island right now is um, the reason that they were drawn to us was because on top of all the other things, of course, but because of our, our vision and our ability to be flexible and agile in difficult times. Um, and and mm-hmm. I think that franchising, the face of franchising is going to change um, over this because one of the things about franchising is that it's all about sort of the procedure. You know, it always has to be the same everywhere, everywhere. It has to be exactly the same. And that's important, you know, of course, for brand consistency. But when half of the country is shut down and the other half of the country is in school or, or you know, you need to be able to have enough flexibility within your model to allow you to, to um, thrive in both possible, you know, um, situations. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, Sharon, is that those franchises that have really done well, they have had good, strong leadership that have been able to pivot and then pass that down supporting their franchisees. So we're getting close to the end of the show now, and I want to make sure that we have these last questions here. So the final three questions that I have for you, the first one is, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest they do to prepare for this process? Um, so sort of in general, right? Like general looking yes. for franchises. Mm-hmm. I think that you need to go in um, and, and trust your gut and your heart um, as you go through this process. 
people will tell you all the right things um, and, and that, that you need to be aware of, of sort of, you know, what is kind of standard sort of salesy um, commentary and what is is really resonating with you. I think you need to be really true to yourself and understand what kind of franchise you want. So, so for example, our company culture is a family-oriented um, culture. It, they call it the clan culture sort of in business uh, psychology and organizational psychology. But not every franchise is that way. There are certainly many franchises that are sort of more from the top down. You know, this is the procedure. This is how you do it. We want you to follow it. And there's a lot of people in, who are looking for franchises that they really want that. They want everything spelled out in black and white. And, and the comfort of that is why they're looking at a franchise. Um, that kind of person is not going to thrive at Challenge Island because that is not, they're not a, a culture fit for us, but there are franchises that are great culture fits. Um, and so to, to know in your mind what kind of culture is going to fit what you need, um, you have mm -hmm. to think beyond just the sales pitch, beyond just like whatever, you know, you're hearing and, and remember that you are the X factor. You are mm -hmm. the one that's going to either make this work or not work. And, and if it doesn't, um, it's kind of like you're trying on clothes at the store. Like if I, you know, there's certain outfits that they look great on the mannequin, but if I put it on, it's going to look horrible, you know? Mm -hmm. And then other outfits that I'm like, wow, this is like perfect, a perfect fit. So you need to remember mm -hmm. that you are the X factor um, and, and make sure constantly be sort of introspective you know, who are you? What, what, where do you thrive the best? What do you love doing the most? Mm -hmm. um, and and well, know those the things I, about yourself. The way I explain that, Sharon, is I tell people you have to get past the brochure version of that franchise. You have to be able to read yes. through it and, and pull out what you said, that fluff, that marketing fluff, and really get down to the nitty-gritty. So that's a really good point. So my second question here yeah. is what are two traits – that make a successful franchisee. And I think you've touched on that, but maybe you can go back over two traits that make a successful franchisee. Yeah, so the first trait is definitely that palm tree-like resilience. Mm -hmm. um, you, in good times and in, in difficult times, but even in the best of times, you know, nothing is ever going to go perfectly. You need to be able to, um, and that's one of the things we teach the kids in Challenge Island. You know, we love mistakes because from every mistake we grow and, and you learn. And you have to go into it knowing that you are tough, you can handle this, um, and, and it's not going to be easy, but, but that you know, keep your eye on the prize. Maybe that prize is five years down the road when you are a super successful business owner. But it doesn't happen immediately. I think one thing that people sometimes make a mistake with franchising is they think, oh, well, well, I'm just going to buy this franchise and then I'm going to be a millionaire, you know, because they're going to buy themselves a job. But, but there's, there's, that's not possible in any franchise. 
in anything in the world. Like it, that's just, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You can't just, and you know what? There are franchises because I hear it again and again um, where they'll say, oh, we're turnkey. Just buy the franchise and the money starts pouring in. Like I just imagine it like it's falling out of the sky. Yeah, There's no such way. thing. And if, if they do say that to you, I would run as fast as yes. you can because they're lying. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. The other, you know, the other thing is this sense of being patient and, and but also being strategic. So you have to know you cannot. One thing that we we often say is if you are going to get a franchise, you cannot expect this to be your next paycheck. Sometimes every now and then. You know, you'll have someone come through and say, well, I'm leaving this job and I need to make sure I'm making this much by next month. Mm-hmm. And my answer is that a franchise is not for you because right. you need a job. You need to go get a job that you know you're going to get that paycheck. There is an element of risk, but in that risk is this element of excitement and of, 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 of endless potential. But you have to understand that it takes time to grow. And, and you have to be constantly, strategically growing it. Um, and, and that, it's hard work. There, and again, if anybody sells it to you as this is easy, all you have to do is hire a teacher and parents are going to start coming in, by, in droves and you don't have to do a thing, again, they're lying. Um, I, I say that it is that being in business for yourself is certainly not for the faint at heart. Because no. there will be some days you will be flying high, and then in you know it could be a few days later, yeah. it could be a few hours later, uh, you're you're back down to where you should have been and been very grounded in that. So my final question yeah. here, Sharon, is what does and you mentioned earlier that the that franchising is going to be evolving. So what does the future of franchising look like? Um, I think that the mobile program, which Challenge Island is, is going to become much more appealing. Um, I think that one of the things that I've always known about about being able to be mobile, to go where the children are, is that, well, just that. You can go where the children are. Yep. You don't have to depend on people to come to you. Um, and, and so I think there are people – that will become – a franchise, a type of franchise that is much more in the forefront than it has been. Um, Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that's happening is that we are getting some really, really strong, amazing franchisees coming in during this time. Because I think that there are people out there that in a normal time would not be out of a job right now. But, like, they're Mm – incredible, you know, and their skill sets are incredible. Not that, you know, being out of a job means that you don't have that, but just there are so many people that are so strong that are out of, out of work and looking for franchise opportunities. So from the franchise perspective, the, the quality of the franchisees that we are able to bring in during this time is, is unprecedented. And, um, I think also what's going to happen is that people are more worried about, you know what, I'm not going to put all my balls in this um, 
basket, you know, eggs, sorry. I'm not going to put all my eggs in this company basket because you know what? I don't know what's going to happen with this company. And mm -hmm. so to be able to, I think more and more people are going to start to look to franchising because it is something that they are in control of. And, right. and that's one thing that I have felt throughout this is no matter how crazy things are, ultimately me and my franchisees are in control of our destiny. Sure. Sure. You know, and, and so I think that more and more people will look into franchising, um, super strong candidates. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot of amazing franchises out there that, you know, can meet the needs of so many different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And speaking of that, Sharon, if there's somebody listening right now, and maybe they do still have a job, but they're thinking about, like you said, not putting all their eggs in one basket and they're looking for another basket. How would they find out more information about Challenge Island? Yes, so definitely visit our website at challenge-island.com. Email us at info at challenge-island.com. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram, Challenge Island HQ on Facebook. Um, you know, we're, we're, we have, we're in the news a lot. I, I'm, ex I'm proud to say that Challenge Island is very newsworthy. So all you have to do is Google us and you will see it all over the place. Um, That's and, awesome. And so we have lots of, ex yeah, exciting things. And um, what we do is, is we'll, we'll, you'll call in and then, and then we'll talk to you. You'll meet our chief um, of development, Robin, and she's wonderful. And then we always like you to start talking to our owners because we want you to get a, a sense of who they are. And, um, and you know, it, it, if you feel that uh, sort of uh, kinship, I guess you would say, with these owners and, and if they feel the same about yeah, you. So yeah. we always start that, the validation process really quickly afterwards. And, and then, you know, we, it, it usually moves pretty quickly. Um, as far mm -hmm. as people coming in within a month or so, you know, making sure, of course, all disclosure requirements are fulfilled and everything. Mm -hmm. Sharon, it but, has been yeah. great having you on the show today. It's so exciting to hear the great uh, news about Challenge Island, how you guys have shifted, and, you know, your book series. I'm really interested in maybe bringing you back on after the first of the year once the book series has oh, launched sure. and talk about that. I'd love to have you back then. So, um, oh, again. It has been great having you on the show, and um, I'm, I look forward to keeping my eye on you guys. Yeah, we have a great owner in Katy, Texas as well, so I will introduce great. you to her. She's awesome. But That's thank you great. so much for having, Absolutely. for having me, and um, it was lots of fun. Same here. So we look Same forward here. to talking, talking to some of your listeners in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, folks, if you're not familiar with STEAM education, that'd be something that you definitely want to check into because you heard how valuable, you heard the stories that Sharon shared about how valuable this, uh, this form of education is to prepare our children for these positions that I mentioned at the top of the show that could go unfulfilled because they're not qualified candidates out there. 
So I want to leave you with a quote, as I always do. Children are not things to be molded. They are people to be unfolded. This quote's by Jess Lair, and he is an author. Again, folks, thanks so much for joining me on All Things Franchising. See you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.